Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. To catch everyone back up to speed, in our last episode, I kicked the week off sharing some insightful information on the methods and strategies I use to identify emotional patterns. Uncovering the driving forces that influence how you act, perhaps, are the reasons why others cannot reach the pinnacle level of success they are seeking. For today's episode, I decided to invite Wes Bays back on to see what he thought about some of the things that I shared with you guys on the previous episode. It's important for me to mention at this time that I'm looking for your feedback as well. So please do not hesitate in filling out the feedback form with the link in the description box. Before we kick this up a couple notches and dive right in, take the time and click on the link in the description box where you will find show notes and any kind of offers that we mentioned in today's episode. Just to let you know, anything that we offer will be free and no charge to you. This is our way of showing our appreciation to everyone out there that tunes in for our podcast. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Wes, welcome back. What's going on, man? You all right? All good things, Chris. How about yourself? Man, you know me, man. Any day that ends in Y, man, you got to be moving. <laughs> That's right. Let's go. Yep. I've been looking forward to record this episode for everybody. I know that I kind of went in a little bit on Monday's episode, and I think that's what everyone is kind of wondering where I was going with the whole message behind the message. Because I know that we, the previous episode, Wes, we talked about trying to change an habitual response, and it takes practice. And that three-step method that I utilize, you know, motivate, plan, and then implement. But before you can plan properly and then going and rolling it out and taking action, you have to really discover what your true motivation is. I mean, what was your biggest takeaway from listening to me going to a rant on Monday? I think there was a few key things that jumped out at me. And, um, you know, I know you went through finding your passion and things along those lines. Right. Um, the biggest thing that I took away from it was really understanding what drives you mm. from the sense that, you know, is it pain or pleasure? Is it fear? Is it opportunity? What, you know, what is it that drives you? Um, and you know, obviously you talked about your fear of loss, um, and that's really what ends up driving you. And so that was really, I think my biggest takeaway from that is, you know, how can you utilize that to your advantage? But it all again, comes back to self-discovery and taking that time to really start to, to think about yourself and in doing so, I know, and from what you've talked about was, you know, figuring out the things that you want to do and the things that you don't want to do. Right. Uh, you know, and and that, again, it all comes back to self-discovery and really thinking a lot about yourself. And so, and, and understanding yourself and even your emotional patterns, the things that maybe have stopped you in the past. And so I think it's, um, you know, it, it made a lot of sense to me. I think it was a lot of valuable information and people did really take it seriously and think about how does that pertain to them? You know, sometimes we have this, this thing where our ego gets in the way 
And we may think that, you know, I'm not this kind of person or I don't need that or I don't think like this or I don't do that. But in reality, you do. You're just blocking yourself from being able to see it. And so I think all those things had great. It was great advice to be able to allow people to maybe take off that lens maybe that they're currently wearing and see themselves maybe for who they really are um, and be able to to truly be honest with themselves and, you know, progress forward. Following your passion and uncovering all these things. And I appreciate what you said, because early in, I don't know, man, I think it was just in management. I mean, when I started leading teams, it I was never like actually put into a role in management to lead people, Wes. I'd always just kind of like took that over anyway, because I don't like it kind of goes with my core values. And I know that you do something very similar with your team members. I learned very early in my career to always ask the other person, what motivates you? What drives you? Why are you doing this? I mean, what led you to doing this job? (laughs) You know what I mean? You're my team, right? So I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I take his strengths or her strengths and weaknesses and make them a better person to assist me to do my job better? And I think that a lot of people don't understand that about leadership because that comes from what motivates me. How to align that, you can become very powerful. So if you're listening to this, guys, and if I can ask a question, I mean, how much do you know about your current team members that you, if you're selling for a company, how much do you know about them? Do you know their true motivation? I mean, why is that an important question, do you think? Well, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's important. I mean, how can you, whether, you know, whether you lead or not, and this could be for your teammates or even the, the person on the other side of that phone, right? Or your, your potential buyer. Uh, if you don't truly understand how to tap into into that piece and be able to understand what motivates someone and being able to identify that and help help them even identify that, it's hard for you to make an impact. And that's really what we're talking about is how can you make, you know, how can you be able to help someone else when you're not able to identify those things? And because if, for example, you see a lot of companies, um, you know, that th- their main message is, you know, everybody's motivated through money, right? That's like the perception that they put on, like the money, money is the main motivator. Right. Well, I could tell you for some people that's not, you know, and, and but some people also keep it at a, at a, a certain level where you're talking about, you know, maybe your motivation is recognition or your motivation is, you know, that fear of loss. But what if it goes beyond that? Mm-hmm. And it does like, think about it. Like what's that when you take that person back even into their personal life, what is their true motivation? You know, what is that, that what, what's the thing that they wanted to do when they're seven years old that maybe that's still on their mind or something that they want to do? Maybe what if, what's their family life like? You know, what's that, what's going on there? Is there something there that motivates them? Um, but again, it's being able to tap beneath just the surface and pinpoint those key areas that then you can use to get to the desired outcome. And this could be whether it's your team members or it could be if your buyer on, on that other side. I asked that question. And it kind of went, went that way because you mentioned something, one word, judgment. Judgment can potentially stop any progress you have. Would you agree? Absolutely. Do you know why? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you. It's rhetorical. <laughs> I put a lot of study into this, okay? And, and perfect example, and I'll paint a picture for everybody listening in. Judgment, when you feel judged, what typically happens, Wes, in your mind, do you think? Well, one you're filled with anxiety usually immediately and you start, you start criticizing yourself in a negative way. Right. Talking to yourself. Are you in the future or are you in the past? It depends on the situation, but most of the time you're already in the future judging yourself. Okay. Perfect. So is it safe to say that people sometimes all, you know, I guess you would say in conversations, they're listening to respond because they're thinking about the future or thinking about the past. They're not present though, right? Not at all. Okay. The thing about questioning your motivation or anyone else's and and pay attention to salespeople. Okay. This is how I'm able to tap into people's true motivation and without them even telling me and know exactly what's going on is that you need to ask without judgment, aligning yourself around what you think you should motivate you is completely counterproductive. All motivations can be aligned in a positive way. In fact, if you're more likely to make a positive especially a huge impact, a big positive impact with people less, you can align around your true motives and tune them in a positive way. How to break through judgment and getting them to the point to where they go, I'm not being judged right now because we're living in a digital world with a stone age fucking brain. I talked about that earlier. I really believe this. 
We're trying to figure out in our own mind, is this person a threat? Are they going to hurt me? Why is that so important for people to understand? Well, the one that's your survival mechanism, right? And But it's so important for you to understand because now you need to be able to reverse engineer that and see when you're talking to that person on the other side, right? What what do you need to do from there to be able to get them into a point where they don't feel like you're going to, you're going to judge them? Have you ever been in a conversation when you're trying to figure out what is their motive? Yeah. I, I do it all the time. Like I don't, sometimes when they're talking to me, I'm trying to figure out what they actually really want from me because everybody wants something. Usually. Right. Think about as a, as a buyer, right? If you were supposed to be in a meeting with someone and you know that motherfucker is going to sell you or try to, I requested information. Of course, that's their job. People don't want to be sold, but they love to buy. And the people that are actually are able to do it and break through someone's bullshit and they actually go, I don't know about that guy, man, a little bit, but something about him made me think about what I need to do. There's a good chance I asked you open-ended questions and made you talk to me. And, and I know that we're going and we're talking a lot about you know the motivating factor or your passion, discovering your purpose. This has everything to do with you being more emotional, intelligent, because if you don't know who the fuck you are, how are you going to figure somebody else out? That's such a true statement, you know, because especially think about it this way. Like when you, if, if for example, say you're someone that's guarded, right? Mm -hmm. And you're someone who doesn't want to, you know, doesn't like to share things or doesn't want to be in a vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. How, how hard is it going to be for you to relate with someone else so that they can drop their guard down? I'll, I can tell you the easiest method. To, to and there's multiple ways of doing this, but the easiest method to get someone to not feel like you're going to judge them is by you telling stories about yourself and relating it back to them. And I, I know we talked about that in the last episode, talked about stories and analogy. And so, and that's what it is. It's like, how can I, and it's also the way you speak, it's your tonality. It's everything that we already teach, but it comes across as how do you, like, how do you know how you're affecting that person? Right. And so what I would really tell, I mean, what I would ask the viewers at this point is, you know, think about a time where maybe you said something to somebody and reflected back on it later and, and knew that maybe you said something that hurt them. Mm -hmm. Right. Or on the other side, if, if that's too hard for you, think about when someone's done that to you and being able to use those things will allow you to understand that the way that you come across, the way that you position certain statements and say certain things, the type of analogies or stories that you use, They'll, they'll, those are what have the direct influence on how someone is going to perceive you and, and if they feel like they have the ability to be able to drop their guard at that point or feel like you're not judging them. Sometimes people try to tell things to others or don't know, really know how to answer the questions and you get that, that one word bullshit or short answers. Yeah. Call it Sunday school answers. What, what, that, what they're basically telling you to everybody listening, they don't trust you yet. That's it. They're not engaged in a conversation. They're talking to you because they have to. I try to use a lot of leadership you know, angles rather than sales tactics with people because I, I'm not going to insult someone's intelligence. I mean, I can get on a phone and, and ask open-ended questions and diagnose questions and tie it back into an emotion and then ask a real powerful pitch, Wes, but I'm not going to insult someone like this. I mean, this is why I would say... 70% of people that are using traditional sales methods are failing because they know it's coming, man. They know it's coming. But if you actually focus on how do you establish more of a relationship with people and really get to know what their true motivation is, you can drive anyone to do anything you want them to do. Would you agree? I would because the, f the first thing that someone needs to buy is you. Yep. When they, when they buy you, they'll buy anything that you recommend for them. And so even even till today, I'll still sometimes get on certain you know sales calls just to um, just to kind of keep myself sharp a little bit. But you know the other day I took a sales call um, for a client that potentially was going to be a you know a big a big client for us. And when I got on the call, I wasn't like you know I wasn't putting on this structured professional whatever bullshit right that comes across with people. I simply asked a question. You know, when after after we got done introducing ourselves, I asked a question. I'm like, what is it that you're really looking for? Powerful question. Yeah. And, and, and just in the way that I said it, I was like, you know, and this is where I'm, I'm on. I'm, I try to be as transparent as possible with people. I'm like, you know, what I've I've been, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time and I've seen people who have been very successful. I've seen people who have, been, who have failed. Now, I will tell you that 
before anyone can help you, I need to understand a lot more about you. Right. I need to understand the kind of, you know, what you're truly looking for and how I can be of service to you. And, and none of the, none of this is talking about my product. None of this is talking about my service, whatever it is, because that doesn't matter. I need to understand the person. I need to understand what triggers them. I need to understand, you know, like I know we talked about this before. It, does their ego get in their way? Yep. Or is it something that's not really a factor? Because now I'm going to have to really understand. If I understand that piece, now I know how to use that when needed. And I know when to take that away when it's going to hurt the conversation. So I'm just going to start understanding the person behind the phone. And then after I have that piece, now I know how to relate. I know what kind of things are going to trigger them positively and negatively. I know what kind of things I can get them to, you know, to, to come out and say something. And I know you mentioned, Chris, before, you know, sometimes you'll say something that might say, make somebody mad, but you'll do it on purpose because you're trying to understand more about that person or you're trying to see where they go. And mm -hmm. that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to discover. Once we discover, now I know how to help you. It's not, it's not because I'm trying to angle it a certain way because I want something for my benefit. Now I know how to help you because as humans, we're, we're kind of fucked up in the head when you think about it. We're such complex sure. people. We're such complex people that, that I need to truly be careful about how I communicate with you so that I can ensure that we get to the outcome that we're looking for. Right. You touched on so much, so much there. I almost want to rewind it in my own mind so I can t make sure that I touch on it, every piece of that. Here's the biggest thing that jumped out to me, what you just said. If you had a higher sales team, and you know this, Wes, is that what I do for corporations now is I teach them how to build their sales team around my success formula with mythology and mixing in both sides of the buyer-seller relationships. This is what I do. I hire and fire and tell them, well, I don't really do it for them. I tell them who they should cut. Okay? So it's a lot of times... It's me asking questions and trying to find their true motivation because I'm trying to align that with that team and whatever that product or service is. I know this might sound crazy, but it's true. So I don't want all top performers on that team was because what happens if I had every person completely murdering? What happens? Complacency. Yep. And if I don't have the right leader in place, like because one leader might be great for lower aspiration type of you know, team members that people that hit like maybe middle of their quota or whatnot, you have somebody can motivate the shit out of them and they'll actually become top performers and develop people. Then you might have a leader that's not really in the business to develop people. They just know how to run a high performing team. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. But you need to do this when you're having people in your life and understanding your true motivation. You're able to tap into this and finding people's true motivation and then aligning on what you're trying to accomplish. The people that you have around you in your social circle is either preventing you or helping you. The message behind this, you can't do this kind of strategic thinking and be a, a master strategist if you don't know who you are. Like, what do you need around you, Wes? Especially if somebody influences you at an emotional level. That, that's the scary thing because, you know, at a logical level, people who maybe don't, don't influence you emotionally. Mm-hmm. They don't have as much effect on you, but at if somebody, all. if some at all, but if if somebody affects you emotionally, they need to be someone who aligns directly with what you're trying to do, your vision, and especially who the person is you're trying to become. Right. Ultimately, ultimately, that's what it's all about. And you being able to have much higher emotional intelligence, read into people a bit better, know understand what what motivates them. You have to be that person. You can't just act as that person. You gotta be Not, it. You gotta you gotta make it happen. I, I'm, and I don't want to cut you off, and I'll let you finish your point. If you're going to talk about it, you might as well follow through. And that's when you know someone's bullshit. Right. No, that's that's absolutely right. And the other thing, the other point that I want to make uh, off of what you said as well with in sales, now I'm talking about the relationship between you and your buyer is you have to, when you know, understand how to set up your team or your process, that's when you can, you can do things in such a way that allows you to read much more into that person mm -hmm. before you ever even get to know them. You know, you, you have certain measures in place that make this a lot easier for you so that you can understand a bit more about that person. That's why you see, like with our sales process, we always have very specific strategic calls, videos, uh, you know, certain forms, questionnaires, things along those lines and people that do certain tasks that right. allow us to get to to deep inside what we're trying to figure out about this person and get them to a point to where, you know, they're, they're much more bought in at that point. So I think what you're saying is absolutely, absolutely true. And it's something that people really need to pay attention to. Leadership is everything. 
That's what your job is. You're leading them to a decision. If you're not a good, le- have you ever seen a salesperson that has a, was an awful leader? I have. Like a couple yep. people that I know that can be a great salesperson, but it doesn't mean that they are a bad leader. It's just that that's, the, that's not what interests them. Do you see what I'm saying? Like with their sales team and people around them. I've met salespeople that were phenomenal in sales, top performers, and you put them in a management position and that's exactly what they were in, a management position. They didn't know how to manage. What? They didn't know how to lead. They didn't know how to inspire. They just didn't because they, they weren't bought in. That's not their skill set. That's not what they wanted to do. It wasn't their true motivation. Their motivation was making more money or they are bought into the mission or they are bought into the creative side of thinking about how do I strategize and help this person reach the outcome they're looking for. But there's a method behind why I'm asking and why I'm talking about this, because this will help you discover who you really are. Yeah. Can you become more emotional intelligent, Wes? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, you hit a you hit a really, really good point and a main point there that I, I think people really need to understand and, and that's talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you know what's amazing to me is, you know, and I've seen this with people and I've I've you know this is with myself as well, is when I was when before I had the leadership skills that I have, I was able I was a great salesperson. I was I always hit great numbers. Uh, when I got to the point where I was selling things that were completely out of people's comfort zones, that weren't even that to them weren't even realistic of something that they can even do themselves, um, and just at a much higher level, I realized how much my leadership skills came into play, and the the that skill of being able to you know being a great salesperson but if you're also able to become a great leader mm-hmm. you're you can get people to do anything that you want them to do the same way that you get your team fired up get them inspired you get them doing great numbers you can get anybody on the other side of you your customers doing the same thing or even anybody in your life and i believe that's a that's a huge skill set and, and a part of being a leader is understanding what motivates people exactly what's going to get them What's going to get them to drive whatever it is to where they want to go, right? So your job as leader is this person is at A, they want to be at B, and and remember and realize I just said they want to be, not you want them to be. Right. They want to be at B, and you are driving them to that to that side. And so that some of the best salespeople, people that can sell at the highest level I've seen, have amazing, amazing leadership skills. Okay. And I, I can't agree anymore with what everything you said. And this leads me to the question I was I want to ask you. Can you change someone's motivation? You can influence, but you can't change. Right. How can you influence that? It, it comes back to, again, what we just talked about from the beginning. For, for The first part is they have to be bought into you and trust you. You have to build that trust. And then right there at, at that point, this, and then it goes back to, it's funny, it's the same thing. It goes back to leadership. How are right. you going to lead them? It is. If there's people listening to this and you run a sales team and there's a good chance some at some point you're going to run into me maybe talking to you about, hey, and if we ever have a chance to work together, and I hope we do. But if I walk in your office and you see my face, okay, or hear this voice, I'm like, hey, I heard this guy somewhere. And you run a sales team. The first question I'm going to ask you, who on your team do you think or maybe you believe or even if you have a strong conviction that you know their true motivation. And then I'm going to start peeling them back. Okay, her name's Jessica. What's her true motivation? What motivates her? I didn't say purpose. I didn't say passion. What motivates her? And if you don't know the answer to these questions, there's a good chance you don't need to show me the end result. Like, what are your numbers? I don't need to ask that question. That's what... When people come and ask me and go, Chris, I mean, I really want to increase profit share. I really want to increase revenue and I want to increase overall customer experience. That's why they hire me, okay? I don't need to know the numbers. I don't want to know the numbers. I don't give a shit. I want to know what the true motivation is. What motivates them and what drives them? Why are they doing this? Why is it important to do temp checks with your whole team? Right. But it's important for you to do temp checks within yourself. I met people, oh my God, Wes, they don't even know what they mo- what motivates them. And they're trying to figure out, man, I suck at sales or I suck at whatever they're doing. No, you just you suck at holding yourself accountable. That's what you suck at. Right. And checking your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, I say that I remember my whole life like growing up, I was a very charismatic person. And right. so 
I would talk to everybody. Like I, I, I was the six year old kid that sat between the adults and drank coffee and talked to everybody, you know? And, and of course they entertained me. And I, I thought I was like a big deal because I was in there talking to adults, <laughs> but the whole, the whole point is that was always my personality. But then what happened and where I'm going with the story is that some point down the line, kind of life slapped me in the face a few times. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I, I lost that. I lost some of my energy. I lost some of my charisma because I'm sitting here beaten down, but what's happening is that I'm not overcoming it. I'm I'm playing that victim. I'm letting it beat me down, and I'm like, man, it sucks. This shit sucks, right? Then that's that's right. my mentality. You're talking and, to yourself at that point, right? Exactly. And and what happened was what I realized at that point is that affected my my desire to get to know people. Mm-hmm. And when I went to try to to lead a team or do anything along those lines, I realized that nobody even knew me. How are they going to let me in to understand and know them? And I used to just suck at this completely. And until the point I realized that it's extremely important for me to be vulnerable and allow people in is the same way that now I'm able to understand a lot more people and get to know them. And if I don't know every single one of my salespeople or anybody in my company for that matter, if I don't know them personally, and if I don't, if I'm not able to, to really have an honest conversation about what's going on with them in their home life and they feel they feel okay telling me those things. I feel like I'm failing. Not right. that not that you have to do those things as a leader. You absolutely don't have to do those things. You know, you can you can be one step shy of that and you're still fine. But for me, I I my care for my people it shows and it allows them to feel comfortable with me so then I can truly help them because that's what I really want. I want to be able to help them. And so but the same thing for my customers though. The same thing for my customers is I need to un- know you and understand you at a deep level and build that connection because now we're in it together and now I'm able to actually take you down a path that's going to lead you to that desired outcome. If you have somebody on the same mission as you and you know for sure they're completely bought into you or they want the same outcome and they desperately want the same outcome that's aligned with your core values, does that give you more confidence that you're going to get to the outcome? Absolutely. So why don't salespeople do that with their buyers? They don't. They, well, I wouldn't say why they don't. I'm saying why do majority they don't go that route? Because it's not in their core belief system. It's mm-hmm. not. I mean, no matter no matter what we want to say, and no matter what bullshit people want to talk about, like on their conference calls and all that bullshit. You know, the the at the end of the day, most people aren't bought into that fact. They look at it in one way, and that is that that per that buyer is sitting across from me, and it's my job to get them to where I want them to be, versus the mentality of, no, I'm going to get my ass off that chair. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to sit on the chair next to that buyer. And we're both going to look forward. We're going to pinpoint exactly where we're going. And we're going to get there together. Would you recommend pulling everybody in one room and asking every single person on that team what their true motivation is and try to align it all together to the outcome? The, I, have, I have two main philosophies that I go by. Uh, one um, I do want to get to know everyone on an individual level because I feel like that's where they'll be honest with me. But two, I want to align everyone together so that they are on the same mission, right? So absolutely what you're saying um, there. The first step though, and the reason why I, I did a full circle to come back to this, the, the first step that that I do, like if I'm aligning everyone in that room, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to be like, hey guys, you know, I want to go around and everybody kind of share something about yourself. Talk to me about what you guys are really looking for. I'm not going to go about it that way. The first thing I'm going to go about is I'm going to talk about usually a vulnerability of mine. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to let them know, guys, listen, I'm not perfect by any means. I make mistakes, but I will tell you I care so much about X, Y, and Z, and that's what I'm here, and I'm here to serve you, and I want I want you guys to get everything that you're truly looking for. And what my mission and my goal is is for us all to be able to be here and be honest with each other and aim towards a common goal that will benefit every single one of us. Right. And I'll tell you, here are some of my shortcomings. And what I'd like you to do is hold me accountable to those things and don't feel like you're disrespecting me by any means. What I'm doing there is I'm breaking down the barrier for them to be able to, to know that they can be fully honest with me. Right. Right. So now I've created the environment. Now let's go. Let's everybody start talking about exactly what they want and what they're looking for. I'm addicted to growth. We both know this, right? Yeah. If I don't feel like I'm growing mentally, spiritually, in my career, whatever, I feel like I'm dying. It's one of my core values is I want to be 1% better every day at something. Okay. So whatever I'm focused on it, I'm not saying in every aspect of my life. Okay. Yeah. 
But I try to be, whenever I'm working on, I'm trying to become better every day. And that's part of my drive and what motivates me is not just doing something. I want to be the best. And it's not me truly being the best than everybody else, being competitive. That's not what I'm trying to say. I want to be a better version of myself and whatever that is. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So I know that about myself and I'm very competitive to a degree, but I'm competitive within my own self, not really around everybody else's numbers or whatever. So what I try to do in that type of situation is if their motivation and whatever motivates them and drives them doesn't align with what I have going on and what I'm trying to accomplish, I have two routes that I can take. Either I can replace them and put them around somebody else. You don't want to be around me, right? If you're not aligned on what I'm trying to accomplish, I don't want you around me. I just don't. But I won't leave you behind. I'll go and ask you if you want to go do something else. So here's how I get around all this. As I ask, and I think you've seen me do this with people. Like, listen, I'm going to pull you aside. And I'm like, listen, it seems to me that you're not 100% bought into what I'm trying to accomplish here with you guys. And I get it. I get it. Why are you doing sales? You know, have you thought about that? I mean, is it something about the product or service or something about whatever it is that you are not 100% bought into it? Is something going on in your personal life? So, okay, listen, if you're able to give me 100% and I'm able to train you this way, one day a week, I will actually take 15 minutes out of my time and work on whatever you want to work on. Maximize your efforts or maximize your results. How does that sound? I'm like, well, that sounds amazing. So what do you want to accomplish in life? It goes back to that question, right, Wes? Right. What do you want to accomplish? I mean, you're a salesperson now. What do you really want to do? Is it something else you want to do in a different career field? And this is just a stepping stone? That's okay too. But I'm going to need you to fucking kill it for me right? to get to my outcome that I'm looking for here. But I can help you get wherever you want to go. Do you see how I'm doing a trade-off? Right. Absolutely. And the, the funny part is, uh, I was just kind of laughing because it works the same way w- when you're selling to your customer. Yep. Like that whole thing is the, literally the mentality that you should have with your customer. You know, how can I help you get to where you want to go? And and it, it's, it's amazing because that also can work out the same way in your personal life as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the mentality that you have, and, and I'm blessed enough that I feel like I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm taking on that type of a role, right? And, and in all areas of my life, and I'm trying to, not that no areas of my life are perfect, I promise you. But, <laughs> but, but, but the point is, it's, it's, about, it's not about everything being perfect. It's about the way that I feel about it, right? And I, I'm able to feel that gratitude and, and feel great about where I am and what I'm doing. But what it allows me to do is now think more objectively about you know, what's the ultimate outcome in any part of my life. So whether it's my business interactions, my customers, my personal life, I'm able to really think objectively and read into, you know, what's really going on here, what's going on with this person, and then make decisions off of that with the intention that here I'm here to serve and help and get that person to the outcome. So it's it's beautiful what you said. And if people can truly just, it, it, it starts with you. It doesn't start with your customer. It's not that your customer sucks. It's not that your customer has a bad mindset. It starts with you and the mentality that you take on and what your belief system looks like and how well then now that you're working on yourself and that's going to translate directly to how you view others, how you can read their emotions, what that's going on with them, you know, and be able to take that and, you know, remove that, remove that blockage, remove that wall that allows them not to be honest with you and then get on the same side. But getting on the same side, that's the whole mission, right? That's the whole idea. Like people talk about like, I'm not creative enough to come up with those integrative solutions. That's what they tell me. Well, that means you don't understand what's actually motivating you or you don't even understand what's motivating you or you're motivating your buyers or the people you're working around. I'm going to tell you right now, Wes, if it was a life and death situation, what are the chances of them being creative enough to finding the solution? It's not going to kill them the next day. They'll be, they'll be on it. It's perspective. Okay. Right. If you actually can change that lens and helping them see things the way that you're looking at it, that instantly increases rapport on your team members and with your buyers. Both sides of the buyer-seller relationship, though, let's talk about the buyer. If a person is actually really asking me questions and understanding who I am and what I really want to do, I'll do anything for that person. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I feel heard. I feel listened to, man. I feel like that I'm part of it. Like, okay, this guy or this woman is asking me questions that are really sparking my interest. right? And maybe I started off with this way and I wanted to hit this outcome. And now she's showing me ways that I should be shooting more. I should be shooting higher. 
telling you, if you know how to do this, it's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. That that's the that's the sale, by the way. And what I would tell everyone who's listening to this is that should be your objective for every phone call. It's not the dollar amount you collect. It's none of those things. It's did I sell that person to now where they bought into mm-hmm. me? They bought into the mission. If somebody tells you, John, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I trust you. I, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. You've won. Even if you haven't, even if you haven't talked product, service, or anything else, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. That that tells you right there. Even if you don't know how they're going to do it yet, that tells you right there that you have you're successful at this point, because. Mm-hmm. That's also how you take a customer from buying something from you once to buying something from you a hundred times is by that right there. And when they see you on the same side as them, they now let down their guard and they're like, you know what? They're they're from an emotional standpoint, they're a lot stronger. From a logical standpoint, they're really strong and they're starting to use more of that side of their brain with you as well. So the emotional side comes from the trust they feel for you. The logical part says this person is going to help me do what I need to do. And now you're both in a win-win scenario where you're going to help them get the outcome you're looking for through the sale and through the outcome for the client. And that's that's where winning really happens. Okay. I hope everyone's paying attention very closely to where we're about to go with today's episode. Where we're going to go and how we're going to loop this all back in is I've helped everybody. If you listen to the last four episodes, Wes, I think it was what, four? We've been talking about emotional intelligence. Yeah. What we just did is that same angle. We asked you questions about, hey, how can you get more in tune with your own emotions? And then going into defining your own motivation and what's driving you, looking for the emotional patterns within yourself. Now what we're going to do is teach you how to do it with your buyers. I'm telling you, this method, and if you have the right intentions, you can be unstoppable in sales knowing how to look for certain emotional patterns within people and trying to figure out their own motivations, what's actually driving them to do this shit. Yeah, I agree with you because that that component, that's the foundation. And now every piece of emotion and logic is justified through it. So Chris, that, that would be the question I have for you at this point is where do you go from here now that you have that foundation? Peel back the layers backwards. Yeah. The same way that you tapped into your own emotion, you're going to look at it backwards when you're working with a prospective client or working with a buyer. So now I'm going to look at it in a bigger picture. So now I see things in a bird's eye view rather than looking at them straight head on. Or you, you know how you look in a mirror? It's backwards, right? Yeah. Same thing when you're working with a prospective buyer. You're looking at it in a backwards lens. So you're looking at things different. So now you're seeing things on what actually helps them get to the outcome and then working on the same side and maybe not changing their true motivation. You're still going to get what you want, Wes, but you're trying to work out, is that aligned with your own core value or your moral obligation as you as a seller? Do you see my point? Yeah. I'm not going to directly insult someone but I'm going to make them feel bad about how they answer to how they approach the situation. Yeah. Why do you think I do that? Well, the biggest thing is, as we kind of mentioned before, is you want to see where they're going to go, what's going to trigger them, where they're going to go from here. Right. Okay. So if I know what their trigger is and what button to push, I can get a, that specific outcome, correct, from them or action? Correct. And then you can identify that emotional pattern. Okay. So the emotional pattern. So me identifying emotional patterns with people or buyers at whatever capacity, okay? Whatever the situation is. If I know where they're likely going to go from that button, I guess you would say in the situation and say if I make them mad and I know how they're going to react, can that be a good thing or a bad thing for me as a seller? That's an amazing thing for you. Okay. So if I push someone's button, I know they're going to get a certain reaction out of them. But if I'm doing it in an ethical way, that's a key word here, ethical way, to get what we both want, is that going to really help the situation overall? Exactly. It's not as complex as people try to make it. I mean, if you really want to become unstoppable, learn how to understand who you are. That's where I see people making mistakes in their own personal lives, getting involved with the same type of person. They're getting the same outcome every time. Or they do it in, you know, in business. 
Now, I mean, I, I see people do this all the time, Wes, is that I always see them enroll into one type of program looking for an outcome. But what, really what they're looking for is this piece of whatever that is, right? Whatever component that is, it could be fulfillment in life and, and being happy, but they're chasing money. And they realize that in order for them to be truly happy within themselves, they don't really need all the materials things, yep. but it needs to align that. Like it's not, but when I look at money, I look at that as a byproduct and getting things I want out of life. I mentioned earlier in a call, what if people focused on how to become a better person, the world be a better place, but it's not the way the world is. It's bullshit. You can't make me feel, if you don't make me feel good, I'm not going with your mission. I'm not going around you. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I, I have to be bought in. That makes more of an impact with people than saying, Hey, I want to make a hundred million dollars. Yeah, me too, motherfucker. Right. I know what that's going to do with my life because it's not what, how much money I make or how much money I save It's how much money do I save and then multiply into different revenue streams. But that's a growth mindset. That's not a fixed mindset. Do you see my point? How I'm angling going yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And that, that's where I say this a lot to people. I, I guess I used to say this a lot to people when I used to do some kind of trainings, but I would tell them if you want to make a million dollars, you have to become a million dollars. Right. And it's not it's not the program. It's not, you know, the the Sally or Joe or David's fault. It's you. And if you want to become something, if you want to have something, you have to become what it takes to have what that is. And that's mm -hmm. when you're working with your buyers, you have to understand that piece. You have to understand how to bring that out of them and then understand that, like you said, Chris, how to lead them in a direction that's gonna get to the desired outcome. Okay. Can you do this in your personal life? Absolutely. Okay. I learned this about myself recently. Okay. Whatever I focus on all my attention and I put all my intentions up here and, and everything inside of my heart and I'm, I'm leading with that and I really want the outcome to be the best for everybody, then I'm going to have to really dig deep and try to figure out where I went wrong and then first hold myself accountable. Would that be a right way of handling a situation before you react? That's the best way because... When you look at yourself first, you can start being a little bit more objective about what's going on. But here's where you can get caught up in your own emotional bullshit is getting and beating yourself up and being hard on yourself. I can't tell you, Wes, how much I beat myself up on a daily basis, but I have to keep realigning what my motivation is and the outcome I'm searching for. That's how I hold myself accountable. And that way I'm not bottling things up. But when I'm not as balanced or... I guess my mind's not impressionable to get to a certain outcome and change. That's where my ego gets involved. And that ego is my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I have to keep checking myself. The best months financially, or as a result, so if I want to focus on that, came when I was the most balanced. Why? Because that's, again, you being balanced. Now that's what you're able to influence outside of that. Okay. The worst months that I had in my life financially were usually sometimes the worst months in my personal relationships. Cause I take it out on the people you love, right? It's what we do. Right. Okay. What would you say to me in that type of situation? I'll, I'll make myself vulnerable for this one. What would you say to me knowing what you know? My first question would be, well, Chris, what could you have done differently? And that's how I get to the core. This is really that easy guys. You're asking that one question. And if I would have said, gave him some bullshit, like, I don't know. You know, you're going to get those, right? <laughs> like, I don't know, Wes. Right. I mean, I don't know what I'd have done differently, to be honest with you, because I don't even know where, where this came from. And then what's, what's yeah. your next question? Well, now I'm going to, now I'm actually going to put them right back into that scenario. Yep. So if, if you don't want to answer, if this is how I get, because this kind of pisses me off sometimes when people do this. But what if you're not going if you're not going to tell me the truth, we're going to paint the picture back Yep. again. And now we're going to walk through it and you're going to tell me what's going on. If you're going to give them a piece of advice to anybody, you need to work on this every day. That's why a daily routine is probably one of the most important factors when you're mixing in a success formula within yourself. I can speak for hours on that. And I, I know that where we're kind of going with the episodes and, and, and some of the lessons and I, and I am really liking the fact that we're rec not recording a bunch of them ahead of time. We're recording it as we're going and we're waiting until the next episode when you and I have a conversation, Wes, and we kind of figure out where we're going to go with it. I think we make more of an impact. What do you think? I agree. It's more in the moment. Okay. So if it's more in a moment, I think, and I'm just making a proposal. What if we teach people to have 
really hard conversations with their buyers or sellers or anybody who may be interested in their personal life? What if we teach them how to have really hard conversations? That's powerful. That's, that's really powerful. If you're able to do this, you, you're going to be able to do a lot of great things in your life. So absolutely. So here's the thing. Have you ever seen a salesperson that is scared to have a hard conversation with them because it's going to benefit them in the long run, but they're too worried about the end result as a sale? They don't want to lose it? Absolutely. And they're triggered by their own emotions. Yep. Here it is. We can do this all day, man. Like it's, it's true though. Say for instance, if I, and I know that we didn't know this until now in this moment as we're recording this, we didn't know where we're going to go with it. But what if I would have went and said, okay, let's talk about how to have hard conversations, but we didn't leave with all the emotional intelligence. Would it be effective? No, we didn't paint the picture enough or at least drive that emotion enough. Right. So the next episode, we're going to paint a picture. I mean, if you've ever been on a sales call, Wes, and then you knew you should have probably asked certain questions and then you didn't get to the outcome anyway, and you're like, man, fuck. Oh, yeah. I never blame anyone but myself. Right. Never. That's hard for people. There's a lot of people out there right now pointing fingers at everybody else in this world on reason why they are not winning. You're the reason why you're not moving. Yep. They'll cripple you. Two, two things. The, your fear of judgment and a lack of emotional intelligence, which also contributes to the fear of judgment. Right. Is will cripple you faster than anything else in life. If you can have such accountability to yourself to where you're the one you you're the one you look at every time there's a problem, solution, whatever it is, you're going to be a much better place in life, even if you make a ton of mistakes, which you will. I think that we're if we're going to go this route, and I know that in the intention and the outcome that I was searching for when we decided to do a podcast is that I really wanted to record there's certain meetings that I record everything I do, Wes. You know this. So I, I'll tell people, like, listen, do I have your consent to listen to this and record you? Because it's for, just for training purposes. There's a lot of people that, you know, I could probably, well, a lot of calls that I've had over the years is put them on the call and people can hear it and we're breaking them down live. I think this is a good, good point to bring that up on maybe a request from people that if they do get the consent and we do need to see them sign off on a consent that we can use it on the podcast. We're not going to use the whole call or use names, but do you think that the buyers will get a lot of benefit from us breaking down calls on the actual podcast and what people should do differently? Absolutely. It's, it's the one way that I know you and I learn a ton and being able to really, you know, get, I can't even begin to explain how powerful that is. And so if you're someone, you know, who has, you know, if you have the courage to do that, one, I give you props for it because it shows your level of emotional intelligence. Right. But, uh, you know, if, if you can get that consent from the buyer, your company, or however you need to, uh, you know, that would be extremely powerful to do. The reason why I said a whole call is because I want to know the whole story. Yeah. I, I get a lot of this, man. People tell you, say, Chris, if someone says this to you, how do you you know, respond or, you know, how do you get over that? Or how do you handle that properly? I don't know. That's just an objection. I'm going to handle that in so many different ways. I mean, it all depends on the person, the attitude, the, I don't know, the intelligence level, or maybe the motive it could be the purpose, could be anything. Like, I don't know. It's so hard to be able to train a sales team unless you understand a bigger picture. And that goes right back into your motivation. You got to understand it's all about being in tune of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And are they bought into you? Are you a giver? Are you a taker? It's okay. If you're a giver or a taker, it doesn't matter to me. Do you see what I'm saying? But I'm going to put enough givers there to be able to compensate the people to take. And if they're energy drainers, they might be taking energy from the team. Just, I hope this makes sense. And I'm not just going on a tangent, but I think it ties into everything that we're trying to do here, help and serve people that are listening to the episodes. I agree. I mean, what All I would say at this point is, you know, again, none of this matters if you're not actually going to do something about it. So right. really take some time, maybe even schedule some time in your calendar to reflect. Reflect on some of the things that are maybe bothering you the most or even start out with something that doesn't matter as much to you and train yourself going that way. But put that reflection and, and thinking time into your daily schedule and you'll see much better results. And so what I would love to see is if you're someone who actually is willing to do this and, and you're willing to take action, 
you know, do it and let us know in the feedback form. Let us know how it, how it works for you. What maybe some things you realized about yourself. And you don't have to include your name, just some of the things that you realized about yourself and that when you took the time to really think about it and some of the ways maybe you caused certain situations or certain issues that maybe you didn't see before. Um, and I think that would be a great example. So thank you for bringing that up because I tend to always forget, hey guys, fill out the feedback form. I just think it's a given now. <laughs> just assume that everyone's going to do it. Preach, thank you for bringing that up. The last little thing that I wanted to mention, you, you sparked, you hit a trigger within my own mind. If I didn't mention some of the motivations that actually align with who you are, it's okay. I'm just giving you, a, we're giving you a handful of certain things that drive people. Please understand, none of them are going to be right or wrong for anybody. Every person is different in this world. But once you know what your primary motivations are, you can consciously take steps to align it to your personal and professional life against the things that will motivate you the most and deliver most satisfaction and fulfillment. And that's just my last little piece that I wanted to mention. What I mean, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's about clarity, right? Because when when you have that, when you have your motivation, right? Can you imagine how much easier decision making becomes? I mean, it's, it becomes A and B, right? There's no even C in the picture anymore. It's A and B. It's like if I'm in a certain situation and I know what my motivation is, I know exactly what I need to do to get closer to that motivation, right? And it, and it goes the same, you know, for yourself. It goes for your buyers. It goes for all that. It makes decision making much easier in your life because now you know your intention. You know what you're trying to get. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wes, I appreciate it more than you probably know. I mean, I know that the listeners are, you know, grasping all this information. If you're not, send us questions. Let us know what the problems are. What's holding you back from really reaching the type of level of results that you're trying to produce? So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Until the next episode, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. taking your time and listening to today's podcast of the win-win effect as a thank you for listening and tuning in chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success in success it's all about living a better quality of life so at the very least subscribe to the win-win effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it also please rate and review the podcast to find the free webinar and more information please visit tcrconsultingagency.com